Then Moses said, What if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? For they may say, The Lord has not appeared to you. The Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? And he said, A staff. Then he said, Throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the, on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. But the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand and grasp it by its tail. So he stretched out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hand, that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abram, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. The Lord furthermore said to him, Now put your hand into your bosom. So he put his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was slippery like snow. Then he said, Put your hand in your bosom again. So he put his hand into his bosom again, and when he took it out at his bosom, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. If they will not believe you or heed the witness of the first sign, they may believe the witness of the last sign. But if they will not believe even these two signs or heed what you say, then you shall take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. And the water which you take from the Nile will become blood on the dry ground. Then Moses said to the Lord, Please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither recently nor in time past. Nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. The Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth, or who makes him mute or deaf, or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now then go, and I, even I, will be with your mouth and teach you what you are to say. But he said, Please, Lord, now send a message by whomever you will. Then the anger of the Lord burned against Moses, and he said, Is there not your brother Aaron the Levite? I know that he speaks fluently, and moreover, behold, he is coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You are to speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I, even I, will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you what you are to do. Moreover, he shall speak for you to the people, and he will be as a mouth for you, and you will be as God to him. You shall take in your hand this staff, which you shall perform the signs. Good morning. Good morning. Exodus, also known as the exit or the escape. But another name for Exodus is actually the list. It started with a list of names who were in Egypt, and these would be leaving Egypt as well. Part of it was chronicling 
and part of it was to reveal the power of God in what he did for Israel when they were in Egypt. God heard the cries of his people and how the Egyptians continuously oppressed them. In response, God called the 80-year-old Moses to be his deliverer, to be his mouthpiece. 80 years old. Maybe God will call you when you're 80. But in most of the cases in the Bible, it's, it's usually much younger. When Moses was younger, he killed an Egyptian who was beating a fellow Hebrew. We believe because it was his mother, real mother, who became his yaya, his nurse. But then he was educated with the princess of Egypt, the, son, the daughter of Pharaoh. So he had the heart for his fellow men, his brothers. And when he saw the Egyptian beating up a Hebrew, he looked left, he looked right, and then he killed the Egyptian. The word of his deed reached Pharaoh, then Pharaoh wanted to execute him. He fled to Midian and found shelter in the house of Reuel, also known as Jethro. It's the same guy, Jethro and Reuel. But Jethro is not really a proper name, it is a, a title addressed to somebody, like His Excellency, Jethro. So Jethro is a, a form of respect, a title for the priest of Midian. He was taking care of sheep for 40 years until the burning bush experience, which he was still in. The call of God, the call of God, it can happen in your life. Although all of us are called to, we are all called to preach the gospel to share it, to make disciples. But sometimes the Lord can be very specific in what He wants you to do in your life. And you may have that divine experience one day, or you already had a divine experience, where you know it was really God dealing with your heart. In this case, Moses saw the burning bush. Moses protested the assignment. When he was younger, he was so eager to help, kill, revolution maybe. But then they found out. Then he ran away. Forty years of humbling, taking care of sheep. This son of Pharaoh's daughter, the only one who survived the massacre of the babies, of the male babies, the only one who survived. The only one of that year. You would be expecting, yes, Lord, I was waiting for the call. Finally. No. There was a different response. <laughs> Me? Forty years of pride gone. And we understand this not only in Moses' life, but also in, the, in, in Genesis. How God would bring his people through his process. And part of the process is learning to be empty of self. As Paul would say in the New Testament, no longer I, but Christ lives in me. 
We may say it, we may decide it, but it takes a process to really live it. 40 years to remove the pride of Egypt from within him. 40 years to remove the pride of his educational background. God would still use that background, by the way. But no pride in it. As the New Testament would say, for by grace we are saved, not of ourselves. Through faith and not of ourselves. We cannot be proud of anything we've done because we haven't really done anything to save ourselves. Only God can save. Moses protested the assignment, perhaps out of fear. <laughs> Pharaoh is the most powerful man in that era, at that time, in that place. He was like the superpower in that place at that time. They build huge buildings. They have chariots. They have warriors. Perhaps out of fear. Maybe out of insecurity. Out of probably. Or uncertainty. I go there and tell Pharaoh, let God's people go. Maybe the next thing that will happen, I'll be in jail or in prison. Perhaps there was uncertainty. But God will not take no for an answer. You see, if God wants to do something in your life, either we follow it or we follow it broken and bent. Right? Oh yeah, if, if you've been... Sensitive with this relationship with God. There are some things that happen in your life that He broke you so that you will call on Him. And while you are not broken, you don't call on Him. You're doing your own thing and you're interpreting God's word will for you. Oh, I'm doing good. I attend church every Sunday. I even give to the offering box. Uh, I'm okay. But that's just the surface. If you study God's word, there's so much more in it. It's about the heart. God looks at the heart. It's not just the outward things. It's the heart. It's the purity of the heart. It is the, the, the belief, the childlike belief from the heart. It is faith, a heart full of faith. He looks at the heart, not on the outside. The outside is a manifestation of what's in here. If you come here for the sake of, I have to go there because it's my habit to go on a Sunday, fine. At least you're hearing God's word. But don't think that's it to please God. God looks at the heart. Do you really want to serve God? Do I really want to do what God's want me to do? Or only when it is convenient? Only when I'm not busy? Only when, when I have no problems, I can serve God. No, my friends. When he calls, you may feel you're nothing and no one. And if you feel unqualified, then that is a good sign. Because God looks a heart willing to learn from him. You see, God would be gracious to Moses. He would protest, but God would be gracious. Why? He's got a humble heart now. He's afraid, but he's humble. He's kind of insecure right now. Can't face Pharaoh, but willing to kill. He had arrogance before, uh, but now he's just nobody. 
My friends, do not wait for God to bring you to a nobody status. I say, Lord, right now I'm broken. I'm willing to follow. <laughs> okay? That's always my prayer to God. What are you? Where are you leading me? I want to do it, really. Out of my love for you, but also out of my fear of you. That's why the Bible teaches the fear of God. It is both that intimacy with God we should have, have, but also the fear of God. And our messages here have been sharing who God is. Love God. Fear God. Point number one, Moses asked, what if they will not believe me or listen? What if they will not believe or listen? Moses thinking of possible consequences in the short term. But God's plan is sometimes, you know, most of the time, long term. Long term. God knows that not everybody will believe him immediately. It will take time. It will take longer. But Moses had to be patient. For they may say, the Lord has not appeared to you. Come on. Does that sound familiar when you share to your old friends that I've encountered God and there are some things that are uncomfortable now for me? Ooh! Ever heard that before? That's a concern of what will they say? Will they actually believe me? There were a group of young men who went to our camp in UP Los Banos before. They came from Nagkarlan, and, and I believe that was Lilio, Laguna. These were the notorious people in that place, probably taking drugs and always doing the community, let's just say, they're up to no good. Their kind of fun destroys others. So they were in, I think it, it was one of the halls in, in Boy Scouts of the Philippines where it was, you can seal the building. Because there are other campsites, you cannot really seal the building. It has so many exits and entrances. But in this particular building, we could seal it. First day, we welcomed everybody and we started preaching. And they thought they were going to a camp that's just camping, barbecue and stuff, hiking, games. They never expected it would be where God's preach would be taught. I said, who invited this guy who didn't tell them what we're doing here? <clears throat> so I found out one of them, the members in UPLB lives there. And she invited everybody she knew there who was like a bad boy. So they were there. And I would be preaching session after session. And their eyes would look at me so sharp as if they would eat me. I think five or seven of them. Then you preach again. Preach God's word. Then we heard news. News spreads fast. Pastor, they're saying that they're going to leave. So I said, shut the doors. <laughs> so they actually said, we were actually hoping. Our things were packed ready to leave once the door opens, but the door never opened. Shut the doors. 
because it would be awkward for them to ask permission because somebody invited them. They just wanted to disappear. So Filipino, right? Like, please don't be like that. Are you coming? Yes. Then people follow up you. To avoid the inconvenience, you just don't respond. That is unethical. Stop that. For me, just tell me, Pastor, I can't come. Finish. Done. Then don't come. Right? I'd rather be truthful than convenient. Isn't that true? Oh, so, back to the story. We shut the doors. And uh, we kept preaching. Then suddenly, of course, I'm preaching at everybody, but my eye is always on them. Hardened hearts, looking at me with that sharp look, then suddenly one breaks, as if enlightenment. <sighs> There's one. Keep preaching again. Then I preach on the wrath of God. <laughs> then suddenly another one, as if the fear of the Lord struck him. <sighs> then you come to the saving grace of God. Then another one. Then we would hear the stories. We've got spies everywhere. I said, Pastor, I heard this conversation. One of them is saying, I think they're right. Then one saying, Ooh, dalakana. Then two of them saying, No, oh na, listen, makinika. Until the last night, with all the boldness I can muster, like Aaron going to Pharaoh, let my people go. But I said this, either you repent or you go to hell. I don't use that anymore. I say the wrath of God. I use the lake of fire now. But So with all the boldness, it's like, let my people go. Boom, I felt the Holy Spirit hit that place around 200 of them knelt almost in an instant. Bam! Boom! They were repenting, crying, and saying, Forgive me, Lord. Some people will say to you, Ooh! Will they believe me? If your heart is true to God, you truly have this relationship with Him. You truly want to understand God's Word. You want to put it in your heart. Whether they believe or not, it's not up to you. The key is you. Whether they believe or not, that is God's will now. Will they listen to me? They may, they, will they say they appeared to me? You appeared to me? They will ask me that. Did you really change? Have you really changed? And they will be so critical of you, the smallest things. Oh, 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 is that a Christian? That's why you have to be very careful with your testimony as well. But of course they will. The light hurts the eyes of others. So they will hit back one way or the other. Perhaps he mentioned this because God was silent for 400 years. You see, yes. For many years since Joseph, Jacob and Joseph. There was no clear word of God. Well, all they had was the stories. 
the oral tradition of how God appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. And what Joseph, through the power of God, through the guidance of God, did in Egypt. That was the story. They were relying on stories. Until today, God called a man. It is time. Will they believe me? You've been very quiet, Lord, for 400 years. Now you're sending me as your mouthpiece. Will they believe? Ah. Number two, but the Lord empowered him with a staff that turned to a snake. Okay, Moses, you're too afraid. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll give you something to help them believe, but actually God was just building his confidence. God knows that they won't, they won't necessarily believe just with that simple miracle. The staff of the shepherd was thrown to the ground and it became a serpent. A serpent. Isn't that amazing? Turn into a serpent. Then when, when Moses took the tail, it would become a staff once again, right? The Lord empowered him with a staff that turned to a snake. And then back to a staff. And then he said, take your hand, put it in your bosom, and then it would become leprous-like snow. Put it back again, and it's clean once again. And then if they don't believe that, this is what you're going to do. The Nile will turn to blood. Wow. See, amazing science in front of Moses. But Moses still refused. So stubborn. And he said, I was never eloquent. Of course, we believe that may not be true. Because he was trained and educated in Egypt as a son of Pharaoh's daughter. So it's hard for me to believe that he was not eloquent. You remember when the two Hebrews were fighting? Brothers, why do we fight among ourselves? He was eloquent. He could speak to them. He just ran because one of them said, Are you going to kill us? Like you killed the Egyptian? Who made you judge over us? Everybody, they know. Others know. Oh, he had to run. But he could speak to them. It's hard for me to believe that he was not eloquent. He was just making excuses. Excuses, excuses, excuses. What's your excuse today? Do you have an excuse? Will you follow Jesus? Or do you have excuses why you can't? There was one engineer here in Naga City. I, w- I shared the gospel to this rich engineer. I will not mention the name. You may probably know him. So I shared the gospel many years ago. I believe it was the 90s or the early 2000s that I shared the gospel. Several times. Because he would usually welcome me in his house and he would feed me fantastic food. Really good food. Food that he should not be eating. He's got high blood. But he loves the crabs, uh, the shrimps, everything bad for high blood. And the crispy pata. So he would feed me that and he would feast as well. When I shared the gospel, I said, we must Surrender our lives to Jesus Christ. We must live for Him. That's the design of God. We cannot just live for ourselves. God still ble- can still bless you, but you have to surrender everything to Him. So, 
He said, you know, no. Dahil ako kayaan, kadakul ko pang negosyo. I said, sir, business and money is temporary. Your soul is eternal. Your soul is eternal. Of course, he would dismiss a young man like me. He was in his prime and very successful. Of course, I found out years after that engagement that he died in a feast while eating. He made excuses. It's not good to make excuses. When God says, when God revealed to you His Word, that through faith we can be saved. By grace through faith. Faith meaning it's not a passive faith of, I believe in God the Father and His only Son, Jesus Christ. And the it's not believing they exist. It is believing in them. Believing in what they said. Believing in what they did. And embracing that and living that. That is what faith means. It's not a set of beliefs like a religion. Right now when they say, what's your faith? It's religion. No, it is a relationship. Because of sin, God and man were separated. Man was considered an enemy of God. That is in the book of Romans. But through Christ. Christ became the way to bring peace between God and man. Only through Christ. And when we say through Christ, it is a relationship with Him. It begins with faith. It, it is with repentance. And it is a following. Jesus said, follow me. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. It is now putting Him at the pinnacle of our lives. Him at the center. Him at the throne of our hearts. No longer I, but Christ that lives in me. Moses had so many excuses. I can't speak well. Then God would reply, Who made man's mouth anyway? Who made man's mouth? Next time when you are moved by God to share to a loved one, a relative, or a friend, and you're so afraid, remember this phrase, Who made your mouth? It is God. Therefore, it is God who will give you the words. Will they accept it? Not necessarily. But our job is to share the goodness of Christ. Who has made man's mouth? Is it not I? And God said, go and I will guide you. Go and I will guide you. It's good to live in the guidance of God. Under the guidance of God. Rather than, I make plans. Do you make plans? Well, you should be making plans. However, after you made the plan, you have to bow down and say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Feel free to change any of it, but this is the plan I have right now. It's good to have plans, but don't overcommit to a plan. You're always committed to God. And God may change things. Years ago, I did not expect that I will be here with you and preaching in GCF Naga. But right now, I find joy and peace being here because with all my heart, I believe it is God's will for me 
to be here. And I believe it is God's will for you to be here. Listening to me and fellowshipping with one another. I believe it is God's will. I had plans. My plans did not include Naga City. You can ask my wife. But one thing led to another. Little things. It's not always problems, by the way. There was a cacao project that I'm still working on. And we've been planting and planting and planting and planting. But then what are other things? Well, the little dialogues of my father. <laughs> my father is a good man. He doesn't force me to do anything. But he gives me these little thoughts about, ah, somebody should take care of, of the church there. Oh. <laughs> and somehow it was speaking to me indirectly. But all those little deposits came into fruition. Then aside from these, there are other things aligned, but we are here now. But I realize there are some of the things that God wanted me to do, I could see it happening here as well. You may have plans, but surrender them to God. Moses planned to just die in the wilderness taking care of sheep. A peaceful death, no problem. He'll probably die of old age watching the sheep and sleeping there or he's so old he could not defend against a lion or a wolf he would just be eaten by them I don't know maybe that was his thought of a glorious death that's not glorious John Wesley was it was mentioned that John Wesley at 80 plus years old till the last strength he was preaching two men holding him left and right God said you must repent of your sin. In his last strength, he would still be, he would go down fighting. Don't leave this world too silent. Oh, he did no evil, but he also did no good. Then what was he? Invisible, non existent, didn't hurt anybody. Didn't make a difference either. What was that? Hey, brother, sister, let me feel that you're alive in Christ, okay? Are you alive in Christ? Yes. Or you just quietly come to church silently, avoiding the eyes of the pastor, hiding behind the head, <laughs> listening, amen, amen, but not making eye contact with the pastor. Pinatatamaan naman ako ni Pastor. Eh, hindi nga kita kilala nga. Hindi ka nagpapakilala. Paano kita patatamaan? <laughs> All of these things are God-led. I do not, I have, before I preach here, I empty my mind and heart of any issues of I know. I focus on the Word and I say, Holy Spirit, lead me. Give me the words. Guide me. Whatever comes here, aside from the preparation, which is prepared in exposition approach, we just let God lead. You're alive. Amen. Moses would stop refusing when God told him, Hey, okay. Did you read that? God's anger burned against Moses. Two things could have happened. More grace. Ah, I'll choose another one. 
Let's wait another 80 years for Israel. <laughs> fix your life. Some people are waiting. They're suffering, waiting for you to stand up, respond to the call of God. Get our character in order. Stop hiding. I'd rather you kill an Egyptian, not literally, not in this world, figuratively. You do something and make mistakes, okay, okay, let's fix it. Okay, hide for 40 years, let me deal with this. Figuratively speaking, we learn from our mistakes. Don't let your shyness or insecurity stop you. We have to connect with people to be used by God. You hear me? Okay, Moses, you have a brother. I'll deal with your brother. Aaron will speak for you. I speak to you. You speak to him. He speaks to Pharaoh, okay? Process is longer. But the line must not be cut. Moses must hear from God. Moses must communicate to Aaron. Aaron must speak to Pharaoh. Aaron cannot invent. We do not invent what we preach. It's exposition. What did the word of God say? According to the intent of the author. Not according to what I think, but what did the author intend it to say? We have to be careful with that line. The same way here in church, if I give instruction to pastors and other leaders, they have to be careful to pass the instruction carefully. People are so sensitive. If you pass the information not quite well, it's not taking the right well. But if you hear an instruction that doesn't sound good, clarify it with me. No, I didn't say you were lazy. I just said you were not working. Those two are different, okay? No, I didn't say that to anyone. I'm just thinking of an example. So, there was Aaron. Application, what if they will not believe? It does not matter. We have to speak the message in obedience to God. We have to live the message and share the message. Religion is like having a form, an outward form, where you have extra time with God, where a relationship with Jesus is making him center every day. Why do I love my wife? Because of Christ. Oh, I love her as she is, but there's a higher purpose. God has a design. That he showed us in his word how a family should live. I do that because of my commitment to Christ. And I believe so. My wife, it is not because of me that she supports me, respects me, honors me, and submits to me. But because of God. Because humans make mistakes. And if you focus on humans, you will be so disappointed. All of us are still lacking something. But if we focus on Christ, I'm doing this because of you, Lord. Ah, much, much better. Christianity in action is we do what we do because we know it's the will of God. The Lord empowers us with the good news, which is the power of God to salvation. The gospel does not have the power of God. It is the power of God to salvation. Through Christ, lives People will be saved from wrath and damnation. Three, do not be stubborn. Can you say with me, I will not be stubborn. I will not be stubborn. 
let us say to our neighbor, let us not be stubborn. When you're in the family and one is stubborn, you just say, let us not be stubborn, son. Let us not be stubborn. Share God's word. It is God who can supernaturally guide what you will say. Try it. Step out. Try it. Take the risk. And allow God to share, lead you, guide you in what you will say, what you will do. It's an amazing experience. It's an amazing experience. And you, you learn in the process. Like somebody, when I was sharing to somebody, uh, a fellow student in, in, in UP Los Banos, he's kind of like one of the worst guys on earth. <laughs> so I was sharing the gospel to them, and he felt like crying, but he said, Ed, you don't know me. Okay, then help me know you. I've done terrible, terrible things. I'm probably the worst sinner. Abut langit kasalanan ko. Good, you're near heaven, brother. <laughs> then I have to mention to him the grace and the mercy of Jesus. That just simply taking a step of faith, trusting in him for the forgiveness of all your sins. If you humble yourself and, uh, yourself and, and come to Christ, instantly he can erase everything. Forgiven. As Isaiah said, though our sin as a scarlet, red as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. White as snow. You feel you're a sinner? Good. Good. You know, the terrible thing is when you think you're okay. I'm righteous. I'm hurting nobody. I'm okay. I'm going to heaven. Okay, why? Because I just said, because I'm good. I do no harm. Did the Bible say that? That's not what the Bible says. The Bible said you have to repent and you have to have faith. The Bible said you follow Christ. That's what the Bible says. It's not about doing good or bad. Goodness comes out of us because of the relationship with Christ. And God will guide us. So I said to that, that person, at least I was able to share the gospel. He did not. Repent or have faith during that time. Not necessarily receive the gospel at that time. But I'm glad I shared. But I learned something there. I learned something. Then I had a chance to share to a Chinese. <laughs> my, part of my relatives are Chinese. You know, Chinese are, a lot of them are polygamous, right? So you end up having a half this, half that, half cousin. <laughs> and, and there... There was a funeral. And we were just going along with this funeral. And I saw this toy car, toy house, and a lot of paper money being made. I believe that at least they have a house when they move to the next life. So it was totally pagan. And I was able to go to this, this, this temple. First time I saw Shaolin monk, and I thought he knew Kung Fu. Uh, <laughs> complete with the beads and uh, wow this is the works but beside me was my cousin China man shared the gospel I didn't know what to make of him he just said mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you don't know if they're listening right 
but it's better than not interrupting me, okay? He's better, it's better than interrupting me, I mean. So I shared, I shared, I shared, and I left my blue Gideon Bible, which was always in my back pocket. It's always so good to have that blue Gideon Bible, the back pocket, because I read it. And when I share the gospel, I give it. Now it's in the phone. You can't give your phone. <laughs> share. See, the Bible said, okay, here, so you can read. Keep my phone. You don't do that. Man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> times have changed. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know what to say, but at that moment, God gives me what to say. And there are times... I have nothing to say, but I trust God. I have nothing to say. Sometimes God just doesn't want to say anything except share it and then keep quiet. Let them talk if they want to react. And then, mm -hmm. and you just say, I'll pray for you. Sometimes it's as gentle as that, but you've planted the seed. And that Chinese guy, now a pastor in LA. Amazing how God moves, right? I was... 17 then, 17 years old. <laughs> right now reflecting, I didn't know if everything I said was right. <laughs> but what's the point? The point is I shared the essence of the gospel. Stop making excuses. If you can't share it to somebody, as God wants you to be his mouthpiece, as your life is a representation of Christ on earth. If you don't have the courage, ask God, Lord, give me an errand. And I know that some of you do that. Pastor, I'll introduce somebody to you. Let's have coffee. So some of you do that to me and to other elders and pastors. Why? Because you want us to share the gospel. That's fine. But here's our goal. Our goal is one day you are equipped to do it yourself. But for now, okay, we can be your Aaron for now. Your growth group leader can be your Aaron. Please speak to my cousin, my friend, my brother, my sister. Share, connect, befriend. The point is what? That we may impart the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we may live it and be saved from our sins and experience this wonderful relationship with him. No matter what, the good news of Christ must be proclaim it must be proclaimed let us pray father in heaven lord we pray that your word will burn in our hearts we pray that we will go beyond just knowledge of our heads but your word will be in our hearts we learned of you as we studied the life of moses or part of his life you would not take no for an answer that you empower your servants. You empowered Moses. And we trust you do the same today because that is who you are. That you empower us to share your word. Sometimes we don't know what to say. Sometimes we don't want to say anything. But we trust in what you said that you will guide us. If you would guide Moses, we believe you will guide us as well. For this is not our gospel. This is your gospel. This is the gospel of Christ. We thank you, Father. We glorify you. Let us all rise. Members, I will see you later at 1.30.
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. And God's people say, Amen. Palakpakan natin ang Panginoon.